Fox Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. KKGK Las Vegas. Off the stick, up the slot. Miller lost it. Dodonov gets it. Two on one. With Stone on the right. Stone to Dodonov. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores! Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out at T-Mobile Arena, Section 104. Don't trust Millard when he tells you that. I checked. I know where we're at. Jared Justice back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Get ready, Jared. Home of the... Woo! Interesting, woo. Oh, that was... I cut it short. That hurt. did, Did you get stabbed halfway through that? Did somebody break into the studio and attack you halfway through that? I've been up since 5.14. Can we... That's that's fair. Yeah. 5.14 is when the alarm goes off. Hmm. I, I, no, there's no way that 5.14 is when the alarm goes off. The alarm goes off before that. Snooze happens a couple of times before okay, What time is your alarm set? 4.30. And you get up at 5.14? It's a... Or, oh, hey, when I get up... Yep. Yes, yes. That's. I was going to say, you've been up since 514, but you've been at work since 330. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Golden Knights against the Nashville the Predators uh, <laughs> coming up tonight. Uh, interesting couple of uh, little tidbits uh, out of the gate. One, we're watching goaltending because at practice today it was Dylan Ferguson at one end and Logan Thompson at the other. Laurent Brassois was not on the ice. Laurent Brassois generally doesn't take the morning skate before a game. Yeah. Except he wasn't at practice yesterday. Right. So nor- normally I wouldn't pay much attention to all the scuttlebutt, mm-hmm. but not having skated yesterday, didn't skate today, there's a little bit uh, of uh, juice there to, to track down. And if one of the two kids, Dylan Ferguson or Logan Thompson, play, it will be their first National Hockey League start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that uh, is going to be interesting. They have about 20 minutes combined time in the National Hockey League. Uh, Dylan Ferguson back in 2017, yep. and it was a year ago that Logan Thompson filled in uh, in Minneapolis uh, for the final eight minutes. Uh, he stopped both of his shots. So that's one thing that we're, uh, we're keeping an eye on. Uh, the other is this is home game number 20. Yeah. Yeah. Do we near, not get here fast? We're, near, we're halfway <laughs> through the home schedule as of tonight. Well, we, we certainly did get here fast, and, you know, there's there's a, a few more on the ledger right now for the Golden Knights at home uh, over the next week and a half, almost two weeks. So uh, you're looking at a team that's going to be nearly 30 games into their, their home schedule uh, with about two and a half, three months to go. Like, that mm-hmm. that, that means you got to take care of, of these games up in front of you. You have to make this this home ice advantage work in your favor over the next couple of weeks for sure. Uh, but for the Golden Knights, this has been a team that's really comfortable on the road. They've found ways to win hockey games on the road, and I don't think having to go out and having to play uh, a, a large chunk of games on the road is is something that is daunting. But when it starts to stack on top of each other, when it starts to add up, when you start to realize you've only got about 12 or 15 home games left, 
and a lot of road games, that's when it can become very daunting. Home record is 11-7-1. It's not bad, but it's not up to what we've witnessed in years past from, sure. from the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena. But if you break it down a little bit more, a couple of homestands have really got things going in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, two homestands ago, they were unbelievable yeah. and, and uh, were, uh, were wanting, winning five of six. So that was great. And then they came back and won three of four. Uh, so if you, if you put those last two homestands together, you're starting to see it trend in the right direction. Pete DeBoer uh, is, is on the record saying he hasn't seen that, uh, that home ice domination yet uh, yeah. and that flow, uh, that control uh, of this club uh, as of yet. But we're starting to homestand by homestand by homestand uh, if they can – put up some similar numbers here you'll you'll certainly be uh on on the right track uh, towards that the, the longest homestand after this eight gamer is three so you got to make some make some hay right now and uh and i think we we witnessed uh, some good things in the first two games it's three or four points mm-hmm. it's a win an overtime loss you're scoring a bunch of goals uh you're seeing some some good execution some good responses some amazing first periods and we'll see how much that rolls over tonight uh, against the, the Nashville Predators. There's going to be a time during this eight-game homestand, Ryan, where just naturally there's going to be a lull. Like you, you can't play eight games in a row at the same level, the same pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, there's a, a comfortability factor to it. There's, it's, it's why there's a flow to the, to the season, why there's a rhythm to the season. And this is a, this is very much a solo act. Uh, what we're seeing right now with this with this eight game homestand. So uh, if they can keep this strong play that we've witnessed early on in in the first couple of games and ride that uh, as long as they can until that what I would call it uh, an eventuality in a lull comes. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I look at just from my perspective when it comes to the Golden Knights, I, every time they've had an area of focus, they've been able to to address it and come through as a better hockey club. Earlier on in the year, the starts for the Golden Knights, they were finding themselves in holes early in hockey games and having to dig themselves out through the second and third period. Their second third periods were phenomenal early on in the year because they had to be. They had to kind of overcome those early game deficits. Now it's kind of the opposite. The Golden Knights have addressed their starts. Their starts the last three games have been phenomenal. But now it's about kind of carrying that momentum from what you do well in the first period through to the second and into the third. Complete games, that's kind of the buzzword, right? But, yeah. you know, for me, the lulls, But you saw that against Anaheim, right? For sure. And, and, that's, and that's, you know, you talk about lulls. I feel like the game against Winnipeg was a bit of a lull, right? Like, as good as that first period was, the response in the second and third period, third period specifically, uh, to me, felt like what it was you were just describing. I thought yeah. that was more of a response by Winnipeg uh, through the game. You, you can't. It's, I find it hard to label something a lull when you fire twenty-two shots on goal in the first period. I and you put forty-six on net. That yeah, I, and you score four goals. I, I just I I don't feel like that game should have gotten away from the Golden Knights the way that it did. What was going to help them is what the schedule makers done this week. Nate Schmidt, Paul Stastny come in, mm-hmm. gets everybody's attention. Sure, uh, Nashville. Cody Glass is not not a factor, but come Thursday and Saturday mm-hmm. with the big returns of Gerard Gallant, Ryan Reeves, uh, Mike Kelly, and then Mark Andre Fleury, I think that gets everybody's juices going 
not not just the fans, not just the media uh, being able to write these features, but also the players themselves. A, a little bit of extra electricity in the building, and and that uh, that's going to help uh, push things up uh, up the mountain. Uh, just just a touch from from a focus and energy st- standpoint. It's kind of like the year the year one story reversed, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's you know you go into all those games year one, and every single player every single night had a game that they were getting up for, and then in 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 part the entire team got up for. And some meant more than others, for sure. But this is going to be kind of the, the same thing in reverse. You have some players coming back to this building for the first time that are integral to the story of what the Golden Knights are right now. And I think you're going to have some some big moments and big games over the next couple. Uh, and then you know you, 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 you bring it out a little bit. Then you got Toronto. Like yeah. Toronto's a really, really good hockey club the Golden Knights have not seen in a long time. Uh, so you're right. I think the schedule makers and, and really how this, this week or so is shaping up the Golden Knights, it, it should help them just in in rising to the, the occasion each individual game because each individual game has its reasons for why you want to go out and win that game. We're all from somewhere else here, or we all seem to be from somewhere else here. It's it's uh, very rare that, that I'll run into somebody and go, uh, so where are you from? Las Vegas, born mm-hmm. around. It, yep. uh, it, it doesn't happen a lot. So uh, don't take offense to this if you're from Columbus or you're from uh, San Jose or you're from, let me throw out, uh, Montreal. Because if, if this homestand was dotted with those teams, mm-hmm. I would say there's, there's a couple of those games that can sneak up on you. Not trap games, but just games that you're not quite ready for. This homestand has got some jam. Some really good opponents and some great storylines. And storylines because because of this this team. Yeah, you never heard the word jam? Other than putting it on your toast? It's I just I don't understand what uh to have jam means. It's jam means there's some juice, there's some vibe to it, there's some energy uh, around it. There's some stickiness. Physicality to it. Yeah. And I know Mark Andre Fleury's gonna bring that. <laughs> I know that Ryan Reeves is going to bring that. Uh, Gerard Gallant is going to be uber pumped uh, for the game. But so will these Golden Knights Yeah, uh, on this game. So uh, the idea that, that you've got something else around every corner and not just another game, but a great storyline, and the Toronto one's uh, uh, well put uh, to include in that, uh, adds some, some fuel and some energy to it. Uh, Vegas wasn't happy with what they did in Toronto. Weren't happy. Yeah, they're a very different let's, team let's then yeah. than who they are now. But yeah, I I think you're right there. And and you know you, you look at it, it's Toronto, uh, and then Pittsburgh. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of good teams coming in. How how do you how do you come up with a, a homestand which which ends up being eight games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have a game for first place with yep. the Anaheim Ducks. You, yep. That's what you started off with. Then it's Stastny and Schmidt mm-hmm. coming back, mm-hmm. and one of the hottest teams in the league right now in the National Eight one and one. Yep. Uh, together, these teams are combined in their last ten. When you put their last ten together, yep. have seventeen wins. Yeah, not like bad. It's, it's 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 amazing. Then the Rangers, Reeves, Mark Andre Fleury, mm-hmm. Toronto, yep. Sydney. I mean, it's it's awesome, and uh, and and enjoy it because the team's going to be gone for for quite a bit. But they're going to roll through this this eight game homestand right up to the halfway point of this season. Mm-hmm. And if you take advantage of these games, 
in anywhere close to what you've done in the last 10 games, in those, uh, that six-game and the four-game homestand, then you're going to be sitting in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, even though even though you look at these these eight games, even though you look at the quality of competition coming in for the Golden Knights, and as you mentioned, lulls are natural in this game. Uh, you know, you look at you look at all these games. You already got a, a, a win against Anaheim. You've got a point against Winnipeg. So three of four yeah. already on this homestand. Uh, you're you're looking at being in really good shape, and and you know that you're playing an opponent in the National Predators that you have seen before, 5-2 win earlier this year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Mark Stone played in that game. Max Pacioretty played in that game. Uh, different circumstances for sure. But these are all, you, you, you slice it any way you want to. These are all winnable games for the Golden Knights. And if you have just one extra piece of motivation propelling you in these situations, this could be a very, very successful homestand, one that we talk about for the majority of the season because this is where the Golden Knights created as much separation as they needed at the top of the Pacific Division. That's also important here mm. and in the background. This is a team that was started the season 1-4. and four. Now they're in the spot they want to be, and it's all about creating that separation. Uh, we have tickets uh, to give away to that Rangers game that we will hand out at some point over the uh, two hours of the VGK Insider Show from Timo Lorena where the Golden Knights get set for the Nashville Predators. I think, I think this is an important game. And, and goaltending uh, storyline is one thing. Uh-huh. Uh, what they're going to do uh, with, uh, with the offense, can it keep rolling? It's almost 20 games in a row that they've scored at least uh, three goals. Uh, I, this, this one, to give yourself a little bit on, on your uh, terminology of the, uh, the Winnipeg game being uh, one that got away from them, uh, a bounce-back game, if you want to go, and then how, how spoiled are we mm-hmm. that, that an overtime loss is considered uh, you got to bounce back from it. But I, I think this this does set up the week really well uh, for the, the two uh, legends, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury coming back, and then the very popular Ryan Reeves and Gerard Gallant on, on Thursday. Yeah, for the Golden Knights, I mean, you want to be feeling really good about your game uh, going into that game against the, the New York Rangers and also the Chicago Blackhawks and, and those returns. So I, I look at this Nashville game as, as a big one for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it, 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 not so much in, in what they, they should do differently from what they did against Winnipeg. You're just looking at a more sustained sustained uh, attack from Vegas over the course of 60 minutes. As good as they were in the first period, there were lulls. There were moments where the Winnipeg Jets pushed back and took the game back over. And for me, like going into this one, as far as the Golden Knights go, if you control the first period, I want to see longer periods of time in the second and third where the Golden Knights are controlling. And I know that it becomes harder without Pacioretty and Stone in the lineup. I know it becomes harder when you don't have those players that you, you count on in those moments to just take over a shift or a game or there's a moment where momentum is fleeting. You know if you put Mark Stone on the ice, he's going to do something amazing and he's going to be able to wrestle that back for the Golden Knights. So it's a process as you're working through these injuries, but if there's anything we've learned about this Golden Knights team, they've been able to figure it out on the fly. Where is Vegas right now? Are they back to previous years in being that dominant team? Well, if you go to NHL.com right now, the front page of that website tees up tonight's game, and it says Predators Seek Statement Win. <laughs> this Nashville Predator team is 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. Yeah. And the headline on the league website, the front page, is Predators Seek Statement Win. Mm-hmm. You think they'd already be there? 
with their challenge for first place in the Central Division. Yep. But against Vegas, Vegas is the statement win, not the 8-1-1. And John Hines uh, this morning, uh, the Nashville Predators head coach, talked about the challenge of playing in this building and how excited his team gets about playing in this building. And that's another thing that that Vegas always seems to have to almost overcome is how excited and and pumped up uh, and teams look forward to, to playing in this environment. Uh, so there's there's that part. Nashville, this game means a lot to the Nashville Predators in figuring out where they are in their development. Are they a team that's just found a hot streak? Mm-hmm. Or are they a team that's legitimately going to challenge Minnesota, Colorado, or St. Louis for first place? So it's, it's funny because I, I feel like for – a large majority of last season, even a little bit of this season early on, with the Minnesota Wild, we still looked at them as something that they weren't. We, we looked at them as a team that, that we thought we knew, but there's, there's an evolution that we've, we've seen out of, the, out of the Minnesota Wild. And I feel like the Nashville Predators are somewhere in the middle of that too. Like, not so much a, a team that's going to completely light it up offensively. However, their power play is very good, and they've got pieces right now and in Matt Duchesne specifically who's playing at 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 a level as good as he has as a national predator you haven't seen him play as a national predator Roman Yossi continues to be a force especially on the power play and when you look at all of their numbers I never would have imagined that the national predators with the roster that they have would be scoring about three goals a game but yet here they are and when you get goaltending that you know you're capable of getting out of UC Soros on a nightly basis you're going to win a lot of hockey games that's what's happening right now for the National Predators. But I do think there needs to be some statement-type wins like picking up a win against the Golden Knights team would do for them. Because you, you, you look at a lot of teams. We had this conversation about the New York Rangers, too. Some teams beat the teams they're supposed to yeah. and struggle with teams that are better than them in the standings or among the elite. Which is elite. the criticism of the New York Rangers right now. Exactly. So... All that being said, this is a great opportunity for the Nashville Predators to make that statement. This isn't just a hot streak. This is a team that's for real and a team that is on the rise. Well, it also goes back to 2016 and 2017. The, the Nashville Predators were the, were the last team before the Vegas Golden Knights joined the league mm-hmm. to go to the Stanley Cup Final from the Western Conference. They were supposed to be the next big thing yes, in the were. Western Conference, mm-hmm. and it never happened. No. Last year was a different year. They started off terribly and then found some magic in the back end of that 56-game schedule Mm -hmm. and were able to salvage the season somewhat. Yep. But it was was a, a tale of two performances. And this year, struggled out of the gate and then now have gone on one of those big runs. And if you're 35 games into a season and you're winning eight games in a row, that ratio, that, that's going to mean that you're going to do a lot in the standings. And that, that's what they've done. But I still don't know what the Nashville Predators really are. Neither do I. Uh, are they a middle-of-the-pack team in the Central, which I kind of thought they were at the start of the year, trying to analyze the performances from a year ago? Uh, I never had them in the same group as Minnesota or Colorado. And right now, they are. Tonight, this road trip uh, for the Nashville Predators as they get a few games away from Bridgestone Arena, 
will be it will be a big test uh, for this team. And and on the flip side, uh, Vegas is really good. Like the Central Division is fairly st- outside of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of weak hitters in there that are going to be trying to bunt for a base hit. They're all trying to slug the ball. Sure. And Vegas is seven two and one against the Central Division this year. So the the idea that they've uh, been able to match that level has uh, has been pretty impressive. Yeah, and to be to be honest, like I I don't know what the National Predators are. Like I, I don't know whether I, John Hines or David Poyle know really. Well, and that's and that's really kind of the bigger question surrounding the National Predators. If they are for real, then that changes a lot of things because you know you're looking at a team right now that that is playing well and winning games, but is this just another one of those hot streaks that the National Predators seem to go on mm-hmm. and then? They just can't find it. They can't. They can't find wins when it matters. They don't make the playoffs, and and the reason I bring it up, the reason that I think it's important is you're looking at a team that has one very very important player in Philip Forsberg yeah. who is in the final year of his contract. He wants to get paid, and and by all accounts he should. Right, mm-hmm. like you're you're a player. You want to cash in. Go ahead, cash in. But if you're the Nashville Predators and you believe that you are what your record indicates or says that you are, then you have to make some tough decisions around the trade deadline about bringing players in and not moving a piece that would bring you a massive return in Philip Forsberg. Yeah, I don't th- I don't see them moving him unless they're out of the playoff scene. And, and, and that- David Poyle does like big deals. Sure. He's one of the most active general managers in trade deadline history. Yeah. And not just the day of, but the three weeks he's he's got some jump on teams mm-hmm. and then dips his toe back into the water uh he's he's one of the longest serving general managers in the nhl and he knows uh this club and he he will love what he's seeing right now because this is what he envisioned uh-huh. when he brought in johansson when he brought in duchene when they turned the page uh, to Saros. Uh, Yossi, when they when they had to make the tough decision uh, and and move on uh, from Ryan Ellis, he was confident that this group could absorb it. Yeah. This is the plan that he had. What what we've witnessed eight one on one, but does the plan have staying power? I mean, that's the biggest question. And you know, again, it, it was similar circumstances to last year because I, I think the name that was out there the most when it came to the National Predators of being a player that potentially you move and all of a sudden you were able to bring in assets was Matias Ekholm. And what ends up happening, he gets extended. And he gets extended because you you get into a point where you start playing better, you start getting into into wins, you start moving up the the, the standings, and all of a sudden you talk yourself into you believe. Except they moved Arvidsson. And they moved Ellis. They, they, yes, you're, you're right, and that, that is a fair point. But I, I still look at the Nashville Predators, and I still say if you committed to moving more pieces, you, 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 would, you would have at least a clear understanding of exactly what this team is. You know how many you, teams would kill to be what, where Nashville is right now? But is it a mirage? I don't know. That's the biggest question. Like I, I, you, you could tell me right now. That that you're full, you're fully sold on this Nashville Predators team, but neither one of us can do it. Neither one of us can do it, and you like. But you're not making a move. Uh, no, if, no, no. If you're, you're if you're in this situation, you're not doing it now. The time to do it was then, not now. But but I still don't think that we're any closer to understanding who this team is. It also shows patience by David Poyle. The Duchesnes. He didn't didn't panic on those. Although yeah. I'm not sure. 
He managed to, to get rid of P.K. Subban's contract, which I, I still mean that, think is one of the, that's the, the great moves. Well uh, done when, on when his you, part. You talk yeah. about improving your cap flexibility. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm definitely much more of a believer in what I've seen out of Vegas, despite all the injuries, mm-hmm. than I am from Nashville. But I'll go back to 2017, the end of that season. They were... Nashville was supposed to be the team in the Western Conference to be able to go on one of those runs. They end up going to the Stanley Cup final and lost to Pittsburgh, but like that, that, that never materialized. And they've gone through a couple of different iterations uh, since then. Yeah, it, it just you're 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 right. Like that was supposed to be the next wave. That was the team that was going to kind of take the mantle. That was supposed to be as, Winnipeg. As the powerhouse, and then it was Winnipeg, and and it's it's really been the Golden Knights. Like yeah. the Golden Knights have Lewis. been that, that team that that consistently good. Yeah, third round, four years. Not bad, not bad. But you know, like not a lot. I mean, there aren't many teams able to do what the Golden Knights have been able to do through the first five years of their existence. Yeah, three of the four years uh, you're reaching the third round. That's uh, a Stanley Cup final. Uh, we are going to take a break, but when we come back, uh, we'll get into the goaltending side of things, what Pete DeBoer had to say uh, regarding his goaltending situation going tonight. Laurent Bossois did not take the morning skate today as the Vegas Golden Knights uh, aim for a 12th win at home and try to pad their lead atop the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1348. You did, Jared. I go back to the other one. Or unless you were going for the echo effect. If you were going for the echo effect, Jared Justice, you nailed it. I was not. I was trying to get Everless to play it, and it did not. Uh. <laughs> and you worked so hard for everybody that uh, is listening. Oh. A little behind the scenes, pull up the curtain. Jared Justice yeah. worked his butt off yep. to get that thing going in the final uh, 45 seconds before we came back to air. And, nope, and, couldn't do it. Yeah, almost, though. Yeah, you, you got a participation ribbon. Congratulations. I mean, on, uh. on our end, it sounded pretty cool. Unnerving, yeah. but cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's someone driving their car right now who just vomited into their passenger seat. Great. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's get some sound from uh, today's morning state and talk about the Nashville Predators and uh, two clips for you. Uh, the first one will come from uh, Pete DeBoer, and then we'll get uh, into Shea Theodore. Just what they expect from the team that's uh, made some noise in the Central Division. Yeah, well, when you look at their team, you know you're not surprised by the success. Uh, when you look at the the numbers, um, you know the goalies having a great year, uh, so they're getting elite goaltending. And uh, all their best players are having are having bounce back type years. You, know, you look at Duchesne, Johansson. Uh, you know Forsberg's healthy now and scoring. You know I think he's got 15 and 25 games. So uh, you know that's a formula for for any team to have success: great goaltending and and your best players playing at a really high level. Pete's not wrong. When you go down the list of the Nashville Predators right now, you've got a defenseman leading the team in points, which normally, uh, but Roman Yossi's elite, uh, Norris Trophy winner. He's on top uh, with the 30 points. Matt Duchesne, Michael Granlin, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg are your top five. Those are your five best players. And the sixth is a guy that's making some noise for the Calder Trophy in Tanner Janot. 
things have really come together uh, on the top end uh, for the Nashville Predators, who have uh, joined the rest of the National Hockey League in starting to score some goals and being able to, to get that fourth and fifth goal uh, on occasion and be able to outscore some mistakes, although uh, the goaltender, uh, Saros, has been great. Here's Shea Theodore, just uh, his assessment on what he expects from the Predators. Uh, for sure. Uh, you know, they got a, a lot of good skill up front, um, you know, and their back end's pretty solid too. So um, it's going to be a tough match for our group, but I think the way that we've been competing as of late, um, you know, hopefully we can jump on them early and, and you know, continue that pressure. You also have uh, a team that can bang a little bit on the back end. They're not, they're not small by any means. They're not, I don't think they're as dangerous in the back end as they certainly were uh, when Ryan Ellis uh, patrolled or when P.K. Subban uh, was with the team and, and going too uh, deep into the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, uh, but they're a team that can, can prevent you from getting to the front of the net. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team that I think defends well. And, again, you, you kind of get propped up at times by fantastic goaltending. I, I'm a big fan of Roman Yossi. I'm a big fan of the way that he plays. He, he's so, so good offensively in, in the offensive zone, almost positionless in the way that he plays, the, the ability to, to jump in, extend plays, and, and really cause some havoc offensively. But, you know, Roman Yossi's also one of those players that can get back to a puck and, and make you miss. He can break four checks single-handedly. So for the Golden Knights, uh, pressure up the ice and, and trying to take advantage of the other defenseman on the ice not named Roman Yossi. That's going to be the key in this one. Uh, Vegas will not have Mark Stone back tonight. But he was uh, at practice today, mm-hmm. and he wasn't in the other color jersey today. Mm-hmm. Really encouraging. It, it's great news. And it, he went hard. I, I mean, like Mark Stone is is a a a massive piece of this team, and you feel the absence when he's not in the lineup. And so for the Golden Knights, especially without. Max Pacioretty for the foreseeable future and still a ways away on Jack Eichel. You need your best offensive player in the lineup, and then that's Mark Stone. So you don't want to rush it for sure, but you do want to see Mark Stone playing games sooner than later. Sure gives you a feeling that uh, that it's close, that it's on the horizon, yep. which also makes tonight even that more important. Okay, Stone practiced. That's great. Uh, what does that mean? Well, we we get through tonight. Mm-hmm. That'll be uh, in the back of their minds. Let's get through tonight, and maybe Mark will be back Thursday. Yeah, Mark will be back Saturday, and uh, and we'll get her help. So it's that uh, not close to the desperation level that we saw in October and November, but a little bit of survival instinct does play a role in this game tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Just having Mark on the ice for a practice and then a morning skate. Yeah, I mean it's encouraging, and I think. You know, you, you kind of, you've been through this already this year where you had Mark Stone in practices. You could see that there was a little bit more energy surrounding this team because you were starting to get healthy bodies back into the lineup. I, I feel like that's kind of going to have the, the same impact or the same effect here for the Golden Knights is is you start to play better because you know it's coming. You know it's on the horizon that, that you're going to have some cavalry come back into the lineup for you. So, yeah, I, I look at this one and... You know, Mark Stone not available, sure, but if it's close, if it's the next couple of games, that's huge for the Golden Knights. Who's the guy in red out there today? Uh, Alec Martinez. It's been a while. It has been a while. Like, 
it's it's just nice to see him out there. Yeah. Like, more than anything else, it's, and, and again, non-contact jersey for Alec Martinez, but it's been a minute since he's been in the practice for the Vegas Golden Knights, and you're hoping that it's non-contact. You get to see more of Alec Martinez. He gets himself back into a situation where he can go hard at practice, uh, into a situation where he gets to take that non-contact jersey off and gets back in the lineup for the Golden Knights because, you know, I – you know, I, I talked about defending in front of the net against the Winnipeg Jets and, and specifically on the penalty kill. And the Golden Knights penalty kill has had a rough patch over the course of December, and it's, it's extended a little bit over the last couple of games. Alec Martinez helps to fix a lot of those yeah. areas. He helps to fix the, the, the way the Golden Knights defend in front of the net and the penalty kill. It's important, and I think we lose sight of the fact that Alec Martinez has not played in well over a month and a half for this Golden Knights team. November 11th yeah, against Minnesota. Yeah. Wild that he's been out a long time. That long. And uh, took the the skate and the, the blade to the, the, the cheek, and the assessment was in the range of 50 stitches yep. uh, for, for Alec Martinez. And to see him out on the ice with his teammates today, and I didn't know he was going to be there. I don't know whether anybody else did, but... When you look down and you go red, was that no? It's not stone. Oh, that Alec Martinez, number twenty-three. That when you talk about everybody getting healthy and and coming into into the range, and and I know Patrietti has has surgery on his wrist, so he's not going to be uh, back in the near future. We we talk about Jack Eichel and and him arriving in in Vegas and uh, practicing with the team uh, sometime this month, and but. Kelly McCrimmon cautioning everybody, saying he's going to look good. He's going to look like he can play. <laughs> but uh, doctors still want this uh, the artificial disc to, to, to be growing into the, the bone or, or being absorbed by the bone. So he's going to look like he can do everything. But we're going to have to be, we're going to have to be cautious. Mm-hmm. There's, there's these things on the periphery. But you, you almost, because he's been out so long, just put Alec Martinez over here. Yeah. Because we didn't know. We weren't aware of anything. That, that that was happening with him. And then he pops up and you go through your head the Rolodex of all the things that he does great. Mm-hmm. And you have flashback to Winnipeg, Andrew Cup. Does does he make the play on, on Andrew Cup? Not faulting the guys that were out there, but yeah. um those those penalty killing minutes that, that he absorbs. The the power play, the one timer, those kind of things. You go, Wow, that this could get really good really fast. Well, it, it's it's kind of like the Max Pacioretty effect on the power play, right? Mm-hmm. For the Golden Knights, who who had struggled until Pacioretty got himself back into the lineup. And once you had Pacioretty and Stone and, and a full complement of players that typically play on the power play, you started to see the Golden Knights power play start to convert and do it consistently. Uh, I think the same can be said about the penalty kill. You're, you're missing Mark Stone on your penalty kill. That's important. But... Going through this stretch without Alec Martinez, who, who eats up so many minutes and does such a great job uh, in those areas where you need to be in the trenches to win, uh, yeah, you're right. Like y- You look at Martinez and, and what getting him back into the lineup will do for the Golden Knights defending, it's huge. Just the vibe must change significantly out there with with somebody. like Because he's a talkative guy. Yeah, He's a really active guy. Very... Uh, uh, in, involved with his teammates and uh, adds uh, adds certainly a lot of personality. We've, we've watched Stone come back and and do things at, at practice that that ups the uh, attention level. And 
it, it's not just on Jonathan Marshall to create all the the noise and the uh, and the enthusiasm at, at a practice. So I, I think uh, today, while they won't play tonight, today's morning skate was one of those significant moments for the players to see what's still there, what's around. I, I don't know how often the injured players are around the active players. Mm-hmm. Some teams, they're not around at all. Yeah. Like they just they come in and they do their work totally separate uh, from from the, uh, the the regulars, the guys that are going. And now with this eight game homestand, everybody's all all around the rink all the time. So it's a little more difficult to keep it that segregated. I don't I don't think it's quite that separate uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, but uh, I'll have to do some digging on that. But have them out on the ice, have have those two on the ice, and then Leonard yesterday at practice. So we'll throw him uh, into the mix. It's uh, it's been a good. Two days for not actually getting people in the lineup. Mm-hmm. It's about as good as it gets to to have the sightings of Leonard Stone and Martinez. Yeah, it, it, good vibes. I think, and and you're also coming off the heels of getting Nolan Patrick back into the lineup for the Golden Knights, and you know while you 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 understand that there's a, a bit more of an established presence with Alec Martinez um, Warrior. than, than say, Nolan Patrick on this team mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, it's just it's, it's nice to have those players that you were expecting to be a part of your team back in the fold. And, and I think, you know, again, Alec Martinez, he's a guy that understands how to win in this league. And any time you can have him on the ice, any time you can get him back and integrated into what you're doing on a daily basis, I think everyone benefits from that. Well, you just start thinking about this this is the way it's supposed to be. Should be, yeah. Like Nashville's looking at their team right now going, yeah, this this is what everybody had in mind. Finally, it's here. And for for the Vegas Golden Knights, the players themselves are looking at it going, this is the way it's supposed to be. All these guys, all these stars, all these players uh, floating around, and, and they end up on the ice. Never mind, we're filtering out that, that Jack Eichel will arrive in Vegas this month. Mm-hmm. That, that changes it, too. You know what the, uh, the other effect that, uh, that something like Eichel, uh, sorry, that Martinez has, is, is your depth chart. Okay, you you kind of get into the idea, okay, uh, Coughlin's going to play every couple of games, and then Hutton's going to go in, and... Uh, Hag's out, but Hag might be back uh, in. I uh, made that one. It, there's always that idea that you're gonna you're gonna be in in the next little bit, if not that next game. Mm-hmm. Well, Martinez coming up back changes that rotation significantly. Like when Martinez comes back, he's in. Yeah, and somebody's coming out, and nobody's going back in for Martinez. There's no rotation there. So now is you're back into the. the intensity of trying to really make sure your game-to-game, shift-to-shift, and period-to-period are are tight in front of Ryan McGill and, and Pete DeBoer to make sure that if somebody has to come out, that you're the next guy because Martinez is going to take up a spot and he's not giving it up. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's as you mentioned, when he's in, he's in. And, you know, for the Golden Knights, it, it's it, it hasn't been that way. All year long, like at some, the the carousel of players that they've had to use both up front and on defense, um, has has been quite 
interesting, and you're getting great opportunities for Ben Hutton to come in and play some big minutes for the Golden Knights. Same thing with Dylan Coughlin. But what you ideally want for the Golden Knights is your full complement of players so that you have guys pushing each other in every practice, during every game, and if there are moments where you need to sit a player or you need them to come out just to get kind of a handle on what it is they're doing or what they can improve on, you have guys waiting in the wing and you can kind of manage those situations. Right now for the Golden Knights, there's no real ability to manage that. Right. You, you've got six defensemen that you can throw in there, and that's what your six is going to be, where ordinarily, if, if even if Nick Haig was available, you would be seeing a rotation of Dylan Coughlin and Ben Hutton to maximize those two players and what they can bring to the table night in and night out. There's still a little bit of uh, fluidity to this to this roster, mm-hmm. but you're starting to see the the steps towards what you want to see. Stone back, Martinez back, Leonard skating, uh, so he's he's back. They're not back in the lineup, but they're back uh, on the radar. Uh, Eichel scheduled uh, at some point this month uh, to arrive. And then Patrick, so there's there's good things happening. But who will play tonight? We'll get into that as we continue, plus the play of the day. This is the VGK Insider Show, broadcasting live from T-Mobile Arena in Section 104 on Fox Sports Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Sing along with this song every time it comes on. Well, why aren't you there's, singing there's right now? There's just no chance. I can't just eh, well, get sing. right into it. No, get right uh, into come on. it. Come on. Uh, I won't embarrass myself uh, That's on ridiculous. the radio uh, again today. Come on. Maybe tomorrow I will That's embarrass ridiculous. myself on the radio. Okay, let me phrase it another way. I won't embarrass myself on the radio by singing. I'll embarrass myself uh, by what I think that I'm uh, talented at. And that is uh, being a, a sports broadcaster is looking forward to the Nashville Predators and the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, top team uh, in the Pacific Division against one of the best in the Central right now. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, plenty more insight into it, including the Vegas Golden Knights goaltending situation uh, in hour number two. But right now we go back 24 hours and the play of the day, which comes courtesy of the only game of the NHL last night and a first overall pick did his thing. Moving in. Rangers take over. Lindgren skates it clear. Plays it down the boards. Paxton and goes out to play it. Taken away by Strom. They score! Alexei Lafreniere! Off a great setup by Ryan Strom. Gives the Rangers a 1 0 lead. And then the Rangers go down the other end. Out of the net comes the goaltender. He misplays it. And Lafreniere's there after Strom makes the play. Been a tough start for the goaltender for Edmonton. And that was a big 4-1 win for the New York Rangers, who I should rephrase in what I call them. The first overall New York Rangers. Uh, They are tied right now with the Washington Capitals with 48 points, but uh, get the nod. And that... uh, it's been good for, for them. I, again, there's still more proving. There's still more expectations from this team to be better against other clubs. But uh, they get uh, people like Alexis Lafreniere going. Uh, there's, I can't wait to watch them on Thursday. That's first game for their road trip uh, here in, in Vegas. And uh, never mind the Reeves and Gallant and, and Mike Kelly. They're, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, Shesterkin as well. 
Yeah, so Shesterkin, I, I don't think anyone, if you've listened to this program, you know that I'm a big fan of Igor Shesterkin. I, I love the way that he plays the game. And, you know, the criticism that we, we've chatted about recently with the New York Rangers is that uh, this is a team that doesn't beat the, the elite teams in the league. Well, the last two games, uh, give or take where the Edmonton Oilers are right now in the standings, uh, the New York Rangers have scored eight goals against Tampa and the Oilers. So 4-0 win against Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a big-time win for the New York Rangers and a 4-1 win over the Oilers going into a game against the Golden Knights. The the New York Rangers are playing well. And things are not going good for the Edmonton Oilers uh, as the Rangers do Vegas uh, a favor last night. A fourth straight loss for the Oilers and Vegas back on the ice tonight trying to uh, win for the second time in this uh, three-game stretch uh, at home, which will include an eight-game homestand. Uh, we will talk about the goaltending. Laurent Bersois was not on the ice at the morning skate. We'll tell you what's happening on that front. Hour number two at the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And Ryan Wallace. Getting into it. Vegas Golden Knights, Nashville Predators. It's been something like 813 days since the Nashville Predators played at T-Mobile Arena. That's a a long time. That is a long time since the uh, team from the Central Division visited the Las Vegas Strip and uh, got to play the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Central Division was was not in existence uh, last year. They went to that uh, whole uh, potpourri. Well, the, the regular Central Division wasn't in existence uh, as we know it. So uh, this is uh, this is going to be some uh, interesting times for the Nashville Predators and the Vegas Golden Knights in the sense that they're using each other to gauge tonight. This is a statement game for the Nashville Predators. They're very open about that. And for the Golden Knights, it's game three of an eight-game homestand that they're trying to used to take full control of the Pacific Division, establish a cushion, rise to the top and and put a stranglehold on the Western Conference. And then as a result of that, if things go according to plan, you might uh, just be in a really good spot when it comes to the end of the season and a President's Trophy run and uh, home ice advantage throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, we are at T-Mobile Arena. It's a seven o'clock start you see the way it's just seven o'clock start the uh, rehearsal is over mm-hmm. and uh when when they come out for the pregame warm-up at 6 30 tonight yep. the vegas golden knights uh at that home end uh over uh, uh underneath the flight deck uh we will all be watching to see which goaltender or goaltenders mm-hmm. will be uh dressed for the vegas golden knights loren Brassois did not practice today take the morning skate uh today but it was an option uh, so he did not take the option. Uh, yesterday's practice, according to Pete DeBoer, was an option, uh, and Laurent Bersois did not take the option. Uh, the goaltenders today were Logan Thompson and Dylan Ferguson, mm-hmm. who uh, two weeks ago were the goaltenders with the Henderson Silver Knights. Yep. Neither player has ever started a game in the National Hockey League. So there's a lot of um, potential uh, interesting storylines going on around the goaltending. Or it could just be Laurent Bressois' Bressois's fifth straight start. And and wouldn't that be the way that this unfolds after you and I have a conversation yesterday about uh, the call for having someone just get an opportunity to get a start? Now, uh, 
we'll see at 6.30 who emerges from the tunnel for the Vegas Golden Knights, who will be in goal tonight. But, uh, you know, I, just, I, I do find it interesting that this is even a conversation. It, it's, a, it's a talking point going into this one after you and I had a, a pretty interesting conversation about uh, where you're at if you're the Golden Knights and, and what you're trying to accomplish night in and night out every time you play a game. Well, I, I don't think this is a coach's decision mm. if, if it ends up being the kids. Yeah. Uh, let's get that out of the way. Sure. Right away. Uh, if, if Laurent Brossois doesn't skate yesterday or today, uh, that's unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for a goaltender uh, who's assumed the the starter's job, uh, he does have a habit of not taking the morning skate uh, on the day of a game if he's playing. So that in itself today, if you just take that for for what you see and, and just uh, focus on on that aspect, well, I wouldn't read anything into it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't skate yesterday either. So yeah. taking the option on back to back days is very strange for a guy who's the, normally back up, getting a start and uh, getting a chance to, to handle the reins. Uh, so there's there's something up. Uh, and and here's Pete DeBoer, because he was asked about it today when Dylan Ferguson and Logan Thompson were at the opposite ends and there was no uh, Laurent Brassois. Here's the head coach. Uh, op- we had an optional uh, both days, and I'm uh, not... Uh going to make any announcements on starting goalie for tonight uh, until tonight that's as much as we're getting so we'll we'll let's deal in possibilities okay okay this is not speculation this is just possibilities because sure. we want to make sure everybody's set up if Laurent Brassois goes tonight mm-hmm. it's his fifth straight start we've seen good Laurent and we've seen uh Laurent who could come up with one or two saves and he we saw all of that in the Winnipeg game alone, uh, n- never mind uh, the Tampa Bay game mm-hmm. uh, where he would have uh, liked something uh, uh, more out of it uh, than, than what he got. But he was really good against L.A. and really good against the Anaheim Ducks with timely saves, even though he only faced uh, 16. Mm-hmm. So if it's Laurent Brassois, it continues the groove. And I think more than anybody else, it would be a bounce-back game for Brassois. I don't hold him responsible, but uh, I, I do understand when you allow five that that's that's too many, uh, even even in today's uh, bulging offensive well, numbers. We might have to adjust that as yeah. we move forward. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What what what's good? What's bad? What's acceptable? Well, well I mean, it, in 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 the case of the Winnipeg game, it, if not for that glove save that Brossois makes on Ehlers in the third period, the mm. Golden Knights don't get a point out of it. Right. So, like, as as much as you look at the final numbers, you look at the final stat line, and you say, ah, you needed a save here or there. Well, you got you got those saves, and it, it, it save, yeah. got you a point. Um, you know, I, I look at that game. It, to me, it's that one's not so much on Brossois as it is on, on the Golden Knights' defense in front of their own net. Yeah, I, I concur with you. And then the winning goal uh, was scored by one of the top goal scorers in the National Hockey League in a 2-on-1. A wicked shot. That's the fact if it's Laurent Brossois. Yeah. Uh, let's go to next in line. Mm-hmm. Because Robin Leonard's not ready. He practiced yesterday, but uh, but Pete DeBoer said yesterday he, he wasn't in the mix for tonight's game. Yeah. The two goaltenders that were on the ice this morning at the, uh, the morning skate, uh, Logan Thompson and Dylan Ferguson. Thompson was the American Hockey League goaltender of the year last year and uh, has never started a game in the National Hockey League. It's really his second full year pro mm-hmm. uh it's one of the great 
stories in sports. Logan Thompson, a little more than two years ago, Brian, mm-hmm. was playing collegiately in Canada, which is not a direct line to the National Hockey League. Uh, Joel Ward will disagree with me on that because he used that route uh, through UPEI. But Logan Thompson didn't have a plethora of options coming out of uh, Major Junior, decided to go to college, and if he played well, he would go pro, and if he didn't, he would get his education. Yeah. He picked a school in, in Brock that uh, that isn't a, a, a powerhouse school, but a school that uh, that he was going to get a, a lot of work. And he, and he got a lot of work, and he was great. Mm-hmm. And he turned pro at the end of that year and then was signed by the, uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he played uh, under uh, Kelly McCrimmon's uh, watch with the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, who won the Brandon Wheat Kings at the time. Last year is the American Hockey League goaltender of the year. Like, just striking performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still very new. He has not started a National Hockey League game and, and got in for nine minutes uh, in Minnesota last year. Mm-hmm. This, this would be an, ex- an extraordinary jump in two and a half years' time from Canadian college to starting a game in the National Hockey League if it happens. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, in, in having a few conversations and getting to talk to Logan Thompson over the last six to eight months, it's, it's easy based on his belief in himself to understand how he has kind of pushed himself to the top of the depth chart. Now he has to go out there and he's got to perform, and he did that last year for the Henderson Silver Knights. This year, still performing for Henderson, um, but you're, you're dealing with a player in Logan Thompson that has full belief in himself and his abilities and full belief that he can play at the NHL level. Now, you need opportunities, you need things to be able to break your way, um, and you need to be on the radar. Last year, what he was able to do in Henderson, it put him on the radar. And if it comes to be that Logan Thompson gets to play tonight, that's an opportunity. And I think that if you're looking at a kid that just wants that, this could be massive. And the reason why he was able to play so much last year was because of the taxi squad. Yeah. Otherwise, Oscar Dansk mm-hmm. would have played a majority of the games for the Henderson Silver Knights. But he was up as the third guy with Vegas. Yeah. And Logan Thompson grabbed the ball and just took off with it. Yeah. Like Barry Sanders down and no chance of catching him. That was big for him. Because mm-hmm. he started to think, and people around the league started to think, this guy can really do something. Yeah. Now he's in the mix as the, the first guy to be called up. He's been backing up Laurent Brassois during this uh stretch of, of four consecutive starts and if Bersois doesn't go tonight Logan Thompson is the guy he will not be intimidated by this situation he will have nerves there will be butterflies but he will not be intimidated by this situation mm-hmm. what do we know about him southpaw he loves the windmill with with the glove <laughs> hand he's extremely flexible yeah and athletic and, and acrobatic. Uh, a very different goaltender from Robin Leonard. Very different. And is is more, uh, there's more moving parts. He's busier than Laurent Brassois, which is probably part and parcel just because of where he is in his development. Yeah. Uh, and 
but he will he will make things exciting uh, around the net, and he will fully be expecting uh, a solid performance tonight. Yeah, I, I I think you're you're spot on there. Like you're you're talking about a player that no moment is going to be too big. No, this is not. I hope I do well. Yeah, no, no, no. This is this is going into a game expecting nothing but your best effort, mm-hmm. and and going into a game expecting that you're not going to be out of place. You you belong in this situation. Everything that that Logan Thompson has has done since becoming a part of the Vegas Golden Knights organization would be leading him to this point where he can prove himself to everyone else around him. So the other option would be Dylan Ferguson. Yeah. And if Thompson does play, and if, if Rassois can't go, it'll be Thompson. Mm-hmm. And the backup will be Dylan Ferguson, who I believe backed up one game last year uh, during the 56-game uh, schedule, uh, but did get into a game in the National Hockey League with the Vegas Golden Knights in 2017 uh-huh. uh, against the Edmonton Oilers when Max Legacy uh, was, was taken out of the game. Edmonton was on fire that night. Yeah. And, and for Ferguson, it was eight minutes uh, of ice time. Allowed one on two. But uh, he was a major junior player yeah. who was called up during that craziness of the goaltending when Fleury went down and Subban went down and Oscar Dansk went down and Legacy went down. And he was supposed to be called up for a couple of days and ended up doing a big road trip and, and staying with the team. Remember he had his uh, Kamloops mask yes. and yep. his pads and everything. Yep. Well, that that's a number of years ago. Yeah, He's since turned pro. He won a Kelly Cup uh, championship. Uh, last year uh, with the, the Fort Wayne Comets and is as a goaltender, he's not big, he's not, uh, uh, doesn't take away the whole net, uh, very fundamental, uh, works with Fred Brathwaite a lot, uh, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, head coach, uh, but is has really made strong strides in, in becoming the like a professional goaltender. Mm-hmm. And hits, there's baby, there's, Everything that Logan Thompson has done is almost the opposite of Dylan Ferguson because it's it's been a very patient journey mm-hmm. to the point where last year he was like he was out in Fort Wayne. He wasn't in Henderson. He was playing in Fort Wayne. Now he's moved up and he's been the uh, the, the backup to Logan Thompson with the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, this I know he's he's got his game, his appearance in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants more. Yeah, and is this the night i don't think this is the night is this the night that he backs up i i've talked to dylan and that opportunity to back up in st louis last year was a thrill mm-hmm. it was uh one of those nights where okay if something ever happens i could play you're, you're feeling that moment you're in the national hockey league you're around the national hockey league rink and the players and everything that goes with it uh this will be a moment uh for dylan first so the point that, that we just saw him down uh behind the bench headphones on yep Golden hoodie, uh, wearing the golden hoodie, taping a stick, going through his. He's very, he's very structured yeah. with his with his routine, with his resets during a game, uh, with his uh, fun, with his rituals. Like there's there's a lot of things that go on with Dylan Ferguson. Uh, he's closer to goalie yeah. than, 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 <laughs> than than some of the uh, the modern day guys. Yeah, uh, but uh, but he will be this. He won't be intimidated either. Uh, there's, there's different. Their athletes are different today. Yeah. There's guys that would be overwhelmed by this 
two rookies on the bench. They don't have a start between them, <laughs> and they don't have 20 minutes total game played yeah. uh, between them in the National Hockey League. And they're the they're they will be two of the most confident guys on that bench. Yeah, it, it, not overwhelmed by the moment, it, and and for different reasons, right? Yeah. Like I, I think for Logan Thompson, it's just it's it's belief in his ability with with Dylan Ferguson. We like we've talked to him, we've had conversations about just the mental aspect of the game and, and the ability to uh, to to be present in the moment on the ice and that's kind of the the main focus the main reason uh that that i think dylan ferguson has been able to have that steady patient rise to where he's at right now with the henderson silver knights and and also with the vegas golden knights is just the way that he approaches the game to be as as present in in this moment in this situation as he can be but they're they're as different as you could ever get sure exactly like roots to the nhl to personalities to uh preparation they're just they do at it uh logan thompson is just dialed in Mm -hmm. and dylan would be aloof until the moment that the clock hits the 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 time that he's supposed to go into his routine Mm -hmm. and then it's boom yeah in uh but we're we're back if if brissois can't play and that's why we're we're coaching we're kind of trying to go down the list of all the possibilities but if, if Brassois can't play, it would mean somebody makes their National Hockey League debut as a starter tonight. Mm-hmm. That's happened twice before in Golden Knights history. Okay. The last person to do it was Max Legacy. Yeah. His first NHL start occurred Halloween night against the New York Rangers. L- allowed five, lost 6-4. So right in the game. Mm-hmm. Right in the game, and then I think he started like eleven in a row. It was a it was a bit. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a long stretch. Uh, the previous time to that was Oscar Dansk, yep. which was like six days earlier. <laughs> yes, exactly. On October twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh, his first NHL start, October twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen, against Chicago, a four two win. Yep. His next start was a 7 nothing shutout, yep. which, as the caller pointed out, was it Mike yesterday? No, uh, it was Papaloo. Papaloo. Yeah. Uh, the, the first NHL, first start, uh, shutout for the Vegas Golden Knights was Oscar Dance. So if Bersois doesn't play, we're going to see the third time in franchise history where a goaltender makes his first NHL start tonight. Yep. But the other two times was, it, was in the first month of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it... it it, it almost feels apropos that in a season where the Golden Knights have really, really gone hard up against the injury bug, that for the the first time really since since year one they'd they'd have to kind of dip into the reserves with their goaltending too. It, it just it hasn't it hasn't happened much since that first spot early on in the year in year one for the Golden Knights that they've had to rely on anything but their number one or number two option. Part of me anticipates this with with a sense of wonderment. It's a good word. Be- and, and I say that not to be like, oh, ill will on, on Brassois or... Robin Leonard practiced yesterday. Mm-hmm. Took shots. Yeah. Now, he's not, he's not going to play tonight. We know that. But he got some work in yesterday. 
So there's a sign that there's a return there. Sure. So whatever is happening right now with the goaltending, if Brassois can't go and he's he's banged up, it's it's a short-term thing. We're, we're not looking at the uh, Oscar Dansk handoff to Max Legasse for 15 games in a row situation. Yeah. So uh, allow me a little bit of latitude to to fantasize over this predicament that there could be two rookie goaltenders as the battery for the for the Golden Knights tonight. I mean, it's it's kind of it's something that I don't think is particularly uncommon this year, right? Like we're we're looking at yeah. certain teams, and and you know this isn't necessarily and it's not a COVID situation for the Vegas Golden Knights, but there have been teams that due to COVID restrictions have had to go into the well with their goaltending. And, you know, for the Golden Knights, I, I do look at goaltending within the organization. And we've talked a lot this year about organizational depth and how you need it in every position. I think their organizational depth with goaltending is good. And you, you have an ability, if this is the case, if, if Logan Thompson or Dylan Ferguson play tonight, start tonight for the Golden Knights, it gives you a real-time evaluation in this moment of where that organizational depth will stand up or stack up next to other teams. We are seeing teams around the league going into their reserve and having less than optimal results. It's it's wide scoring's up, 100%, 100%. So for the Golden Knights, if, if that's kind of the case, you get to see where you stack up, where you stand from an organizational standpoint. Up front, you got to see it and assess yeah. it early in the season. On the back end, you're getting to see it and assess it on a daily basis. Right now, if that comes to be, you get to you get to assess it with goaltending too. Uh, Tim Speltz, the general manager of the Henderson Silver Knights, is going to join me on the TV pregame show. And in preparing for that conversation, uh, I was going through all the different players who have come up from Henderson and discussed it. But then I looked in the lineup and, and went, geez, isn't it funny uh, – or weird that all the different players from Henderson that have played this year mm-hmm. and tonight, and this was last night when I was going through my, my prep, uh, the game against Nashville isn't going to f- feature any of them really. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there's a couple, but yeah. like there's, and then you wake up this morning and go to practice and the goalie tandem is, uh, is from the, the, the Henderson silver Knights. Um, the, I, I don't, I don't think that this, is is a big mile marker in the career development of Logan Thompson mm-hmm. or or Dylan Ferguson. I don't think this is one where you go if he gets if he gets the start tonight or he plays uh, this week. Uh, they they both get into a game this week. Uh, I, I don't think this is one where you go okay that's he, he can do it or he can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still so much more development uh, to come. Too small uh, of a sample size. Yeah, and yeah. and and they're both almost the same age. Yeah. Uh, so th- I think there's, even though Ferguson's got a, got a little bit more uh, uh, experience, uh, I do, it is an opportunity though. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, like Ferguson played in 2017 and there's no guarantee he's ever going to get to do it again. Yeah. Pending the health of Robin Leonard and Laurent Brassois and whatever happens down the road or, or if he stays in this organization or goes somewhere else, there's no guarantee. So every chance that you get, like it's, it's more a, it's more a moment for those young men, than it is, a moment in their totality of their careers 
or or the the result tonight or the Vegas Golden Knights? I think it's it's just a moment of affirmation, mm-hmm. right? Like it's 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 a moment to recognize everything you, that you've been through to build to get to this point and go out there and enjoy it. You go out there and enjoy the moment, and you're gonna have. You know, in that situation, you're going to have guys up and down that that bench, up and down that that lineup for the Golden Knights that, you know, remember their first moment in the NHL, their first introduction. Not the same as a first start, but their first game. And, you know, you you couldn't be surrounded, I think, by a better team or a better better set of players on the ice uh, than, than what either Dylan Ferguson or Logan Thompson would have in this Golden Knights team to go through that first start process if it comes to be my buddy darren pang broadcast legend yes played for the chicago blackhawks okay you know how long he played two years <laughs> what two years in the nhl no way yeah you think really? you think it'd be a lot lot more that that's not where i was going with my guess he played a lot in those two years yeah uh but like 45 and 37 games or something like that. 27 career wins. He'll tell you that himself. Beautiful. Uh, but it, it like there's no guarantee that you're going to have what you want. Sure. Uh, so I, if it does happen that we get a first career start tonight, I'm really excited for them Yeah. to see what happens. And if, if it goes well for them, that's great. But I'm not going to sit here and say we've got the next Patrick Waugh uh, or a player that's going to Matt Murray or somebody that's going to break on the scene and, and uh-huh. take up. That's not that's not what's happening here. But and if it doesn't go their way, go back. Stuart Skinner, uh, Edmonton Oilers kid, played last year, got into a game last year. Yeah. Played the Ottawa Senators one eight five or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Came off the ice, got the win, but. He just looked at his goalie coach and said, we got some work to do. Yeah. Because it was so different uh, than, than what he'd ever ever experienced. Went down to Bakerfield, actually played well in the, in the series against Henderson last year in the, in the uh, Pacific Division mm-hmm. final. And got up this year when, when there was the injuries uh, to, to Mike Smith and was a totally different, more prepared Guy, just because he went through the experience of, of, of getting a start and and being exposed to that environment. That's that's sort of what we're even good, bad, or ugly. They're going to get exposed to this environment tonight. It's important. Which is huge. Yeah. You're right. More than the preseason. Mm-hmm. More than uh, uh, a, a, a little sub, sub in for, for 10 minutes. Getting a start is a big thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it changes, like, every aspect. I mean, you, you, you have mop-up duty. It is what it is. You get in, you get to, to experience the game, and, and that's really kind of the there's no only— no pressure on mop-up duty. The, no, 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 and there's, that's the only dimension of it, right? Yeah. Like, you, you just, you're out there to finish out eight minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is, and then— You know what mop-up duty is all about? Hockey DB. <laughs> Good point. Uh, that being said, this is an entirely different situation. Yeah. You, you've, got, you've got your prep. You've got the just understanding— where you need to be and, and, and the entire aspect of, of what it's like to start a game in the NHL. And that's something you don't get in those moments where you back up and you come in and it's garbage time. So, I mean, it's important 
to go through. This is a dress rehearsal of, of, of all dress rehearsals, and it's a, an ability to gauge where you are in your process, but also understanding that you have to take advantage of this moment when it comes. Because as you've mentioned rightly, You'd never know when the next moment's going to come for you. And I guarantee you, uh, if Bersois is going to play tonight, Ferguson is still going through his routine, taping his sticks and getting ready, just in case there's something that happens uh, in, in, in the pregame warm-up. He'll be, he'll be that dialed in. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's going to be uh, – if Bersois doesn't play tonight, we'll have a moment. And those, those two kids, Logan Thompson, if Bersois doesn't play, Logan Thompson and Dylan Ferguson, they're not going to have a legend – three stalls down <laughs> they're they're in this together yeah. uh tonight yeah. uh, a lot of fun can't wait for it uh we'll be watching warm up uh ryan will be on the air with the pregame show on fox sports las vegas and i'll be on the uh tv side at 6 30 uh, we'll break and we'll come back with one timers news and notes from around the national hockey league as we continue on fox sports las vegas maybe a two-on-one petrangelo gets it he shoots he scores it's time for one-timers one-timers short-handed goal alex petrangelo quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the vgk insiders show got the email today from the national hockey league public relations department and it said schedule changes and immediately went to ah uh, another another handful of postponements no we, we actually have games that are being rescheduled and slotted into uh, new spots. So take, for example, the Islanders against Philadelphia, originally scheduled for November 30th, will now be played on the 18th of this month. The Islanders game against Toronto, currently scheduled for January 22nd, moved to April 17th. And Toronto against the Islanders, currently scheduled for April 17th, will be rescheduled for January 22nd. They took a game from April mm-hmm. and moved it all the way up to yeah. January 22nd. Yeah, that makes sense. That's They're, they're yeah. making it happen. They're moving pieces around, and uh, we've got some of these uh, games that, uh, that we have postponed are now having dates. We still don't know when those two Vegas games will be played. Uh, the Colorado game. Uh, coming out of the Christmas break and the LA game right before it, so uh, we'll we'll wait and see uh, what happens on that front. But isn't that positive that w- that we're starting to see that the schedule come together? None of these rescheduled games touched the month of February, though. Yeah, and that'll be the the next one to keep an eye on is when we start to see hints of a plan for what the National Hockey League is going to do with that three weeks time span. Where the they were going to shut down for the Olympic Games, the All Star Game is here uh, the first weekend of, of February. Will they give all the players a week off? I don't think there's a strong desire for anything more than four or five days. Yeah. Because of the risk of players going and doing too much, and the exposure to the variant. Sure. Makes sense, right? Yeah. You, you don't want to send everybody traveling. And so I think it, it, it'll be four days, kind of. A, this is my gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get uh, right back to it. Now, does, does that mean Vegas, if they only have the two games to make up, have more time to practice? A little bit of that. But what also could happen is you might get some of those games from March, the jam-packed uh, schedule in March, uh, moved into to February. I don't know how many, but uh, but we'll keep an eye on it. But that's we're, we're starting to see... Some games slotted back in that were postponed. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the beneficial, in my opinion, the more beneficial thing to do is to, to move some games into that into that window. If you're, if you're looking at the Golden Knights schedule in March and April, it is every other night it is, unless you're playing a back-to-back. That's what it is. It is jam-packed. Perpetual for the, three and four. For the final two months of the season, I, I would much rather have a little bit more balance and a little bit less, uh, less situations where you're playing three and four as much as the Golden Knights are going to be on that on that back half, uh, yeah, I'd much rather move some games into that uh, into that February window to lighten the load a little bit in March and April. Uh, season ticket holders will keep you up to date. Uh, ticket holders uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights will let you know uh, as soon as we hear something regarding the National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, schedule changes. Edmonton Oilers lost four in a row. Can it get any worse? Oh, maybe. A little bit. Uh, Connor McDavid could be out for the Oilers game against Toronto tomorrow night. Always a marquee game when the Oilers play uh, Toronto because of Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Oilers captain has apparently tested positive for COVID, and he's going to have another test tomorrow. Uh, they're hoping that it's a false positive yeah. uh, is, is the situation there. But uh, they kept them off the ice uh, for a precautionary uh, situation today but that uh, Derek Ryan also uh, in the same situation uh, so a couple of positive tests that could impact the Oilers lineup tomorrow night it's uh, yeah it, it's it's a tough one for the Edmonton Oilers because as you mentioned losing four in a row could it get worse missing out on a player that accounts for essentially 33 40 percent of your offense when you're you're not scoring enough and you're not getting the goaltending uh, is, is a tough one. So um, hopefully in, in the case of uh, for Oilers fans and hopefully for Connor McDavid and hopefully for the NHL who wants to see Edmonton versus Toronto, McDavid versus Matthews. Um, mm, I got news on Matthews. Oh, yeah. go for it. Yeah, so uh, he could also miss the game Ugh. because he tested positive on Monday. But he had a negative PCR test yeah. today. So false positive, he'll have another test tomorrow and uh, figure out whether or not uh, he can play. So there's still there's still hope you yeah. can get yeah. Matthews and McDavid. Yeah. How weird is it though? Both superstar players have have it, positive tests leading up to this game. Yeah, that, that's that would be unfortunate. Like it would be unfortunate it, to to not have both of those guys in the lineup for that game. And and you, you kind of the that would be the argument in of itself for the product, right? With with COVID and and everything, you go to a game, and it's it's Toronto and Edmonton. You want to see Matthews and McDavid. A couple of big games coming up for the Vegas Golden Knights against former teammates Ryan Reeves Thursday, Mark Andre Fleury on Saturday. Uh, good news is that uh, Mark Andre Fleury should be available for the Chicago Blackhawks in that game. He has exited COVID protocol and is scheduled to start tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. So that'll be a big game for him because, remember, early in the season, uh, the Avalanche just uh, tore Chicago apart. Yeah. And it was one of those ones where you're not in Kansas anymore, Lucy. No, but believe it or not, the Chicago Blackhawks have been uh, have defended better since the coaching change, and Marc-Andre Fleury has had a, a pretty good bounce back to um, – to his numbers and, and just kind of his his stats over the course of this season after a, a rough start. So, um, yeah, fully, fully expecting Marc-Andre Fleury will get the start for Chicago over the weekend. Uh, he started for the first time since December 17th uh, when the uh, uh, Blackhawks hosted Colorado. Hmm. 
So he's been out. Uh, I didn't realize he'd been out that long. But then teams haven't been playing, right? Yeah. So it's a little bit exaggerated, uh, a little bit uh, misleading when when you read that and go, what the heck? Uh, the New Jersey Devils, more injury misfortune. Yeah. Dougie Hamilton, he is gone with a broken jaw. Mm-hmm. No timeline for the return of the defenseman who will have surgery tomorrow, uh, placed on uh, injured reserve uh, retroactive to Sunday. Uh, Nico Heischer will not play uh, at the Boston Bruins tonight. So there's there's a couple of them. And Jonathan Bernier had right hip surgery. Yeah, uh, He will be out for the season. That is a murderer's row mm-hmm. of injury news for a franchise that's already struggling. Yes. However... Jack Hughes is back in the lineup, and Jack Hughes has nine points in his last four games. Uh, it's not going to be easy to navigate these waters for the Nash, uh, for the, the New Jersey Devils, but uh, silver lining is that Jack Hughes is starting to round into the form we all expected him to have earlier on this year before he got injured. Yeah, he's a good captain, but the, the water's still choppy. Listen, I'm choosing to look at a positive here. Talking about a player that has nine points in four games. Focus on that and not Dougie being out, not Heischer being out, not Bernier being out. Dougie and Freddie, the Hamilton brothers. Okay. Dougie and Freddie. <laughs> yep. uh, 3-2, Boston does lead that game uh, as they play uh, tonight in Boston. I want to also mention uh, that the Minnesota Wild, a couple of top prospects, are both going to make their debuts on the same night this week. Uh You've got uh, these, the stud in Marco Rossi, mm-hmm. who was uh, a top 10 pick. And he was one of those long-haul COVID cases coming off the World Junior Championship last year and then was supposed to join the Minnesota Wild for the 56-game schedule. Uh, and it just it never worked out. He went back home and uh, had a real struggle. Yeah. Real struggle. One of those the rare young athletes that uh, encountered uh, significant uh, health concerns. Uh, because of COVID, but uh, he's played well in Iowa this year, the uh, location of their American Hockey League f- affiliate, and he's going to go. And uh, then you've got uh, an- another top pick in Matt Boldy, who hurt his ankle, broke his ankle actually in the preseason, uh, but but he's ready to go. And they're both going to make their National Hockey League debuts on the same night. Well, that's pretty cool um, for for both of those players. And again, opportunity. Hell of a hot lap. Yeah, for sure. And and you talk about opportunity. You talk about just kind of relishing the moment. I think in the case of Marco Rossi, I don't know that there's going to be a, a player that's going to relish that hot lap and relish that moment maybe more than him. Um, so yeah, I, you go out there and for the Minnesota Wild, who let's face it, after this year, are going to be hamstrung quite significantly by their cap situation after the buyouts of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, you're going to need these young guys to develop into players that you can rely on night in and night out. Uh, Seattle Kraken uh, general manager Ron Francis did an extended interview with ESPN this week, and he admits he expected more from the Kraken, who are 10, 19, and 4, and last in the Pacific Division. Uh, If you read the article from Greg Wyshynski on ESPN, there's a lot in there. It's mm-hmm. a Q&A with, uh, with Ron Francis, and it goes through the goaltending. It goes through uh, it goes through the coaching. Still, uh, the, the, the best line in it, and I'll paraphrase this, is uh, uh, the Kraken are right where they expected to be if you're a Kraken. 
because the Kraken live at the bottom. And not, but not if you're the Kraken, meaning the franchise. <laughs> so I give Greg Wyshynski that's great, a, uh, great, okay. great, great yep. props. Yep. For well uh, for for that uh, that uh, little bit well, of uh, wordsmanship. I was trying to find the sad trombone, but okay. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Womp, womp, womp. It would like like the way that you set that up. I thought that uh, for for a moment anyway, I thought that that's what. Ron Francis said about no. his team, and I got no. very confused. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it was. Greg it would have played. It would have played a lot funnier. Right, if where that you'd were the expect case. the uh, Kraken uh, to be if it were it was a Kraken, a literal Kraken. Kraken I get it. Uh, bottom of the sea. Uh, if you ever have to explain a joke, yeah, it's never really that but good. Like, but I laughed at this. No, when, no, no. When I, I read it. I that doesn't You're surprise a dad, me, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm. I don't get the dad things because I think I'm pretty funny, and my kids just constantly go dad joke. Dad joke. Did you hear the one about Scrabble tiles? Uh, no. Okay. We'll discuss it later. Really? Yeah. Uh, Seattle ranks 29th in the NHL in points percentage. <laughs> and Ron Francis is just doing his – I feel almost bad for him because they're just compared to Vegas, 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 Vegas. And, he, and he, in the interview, he comes up with all the different reasons why they, they aren't Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, GMs were, were a lot uh, – uh, more prepared. Uh, GMs had four years to to lead up to this uh, uh, Seattle expansion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they they didn't go as big on uh, on big names. Although one one difference, the Golden Knights goaltender that they took in the expansion draft was incredible, mm-hmm. and the Seattle goaltender that they took with the uh, most important pick in the expansion draft has not been good. And that is the underlying tone in the entire conversation is the goaltending hasn't been good enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Tuesday, January. On Fox Sports Las Vegas, we are going to have a little justice with Jared next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Playing the role of Chris Chapman today will be the impeccable Jared Justice. Hello, Jared. Hello, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm a little haven't, ragged. Haven't we made this two hours fly by for you, buddy? Actually, yeah. Actually, surprisingly, yes. Mostly because I know what I'm doing. So if I'm missing something, like, you guys haven't called me out on it. So it's all worked out. Was there a fire in the studio earlier? Uh, I... Look, man, every time you try to get me to say stuff that as like my level of management, I'm not allowed to tell people on the air. So let's not do that. All right. Here are my two things that I wanted to ask you guys. First, first topic, and you choose to go with this one. This one is what are words to you that connote hockey but aren't necessarily hockey related? Like every time I hear someone say the word boys, I immediately am conjured to a like 50 year old white man behind a podium talking about his team even if that's not what they're referring to. And then the second topic that I have is, what do you guys hate the most about uh, international soccer? Oh, diving. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing a very, very veiled uh, insult. You know, what, you know what I did see, though, last night was, uh, it popped up in my, my Instagram feed, was a, a shot of the Zinedine Zidane 
headbutt. That was such a great that play. Was, that was legit. That was the pinnacle of soccer for me. Yes. Um, I don't watch soccer, but uh, if I were to watch soccer, I would I would agree with Darren. It's the diving. Okay. So, well, I'm just, I guess mine is the, the, like the fans who constantly need to rope soccer into a conversation, even if you're not talking about soccer <laughs> yeah. at all. Like, it's the biggest, like, okay, Oh, cool. I went through that at the, in Tokyo this summer, working with all the Brits. Like, everything ended up back with, with soccer. It, and it, it just drove me nuts. It's like cool. It's it's like having a friend who's really really into like one movie series, and you're like, yeah, man, I saw the Lord of the Rings. It was okay. I I don't need you to quote Gandalf to me all mm. the time. So I should stop talking about Star Wars. No, I have no, Star no, Wars no. tattoos. No, no. It's it's always a good idea to talk about Star Wars. Star Wars, we can yeah. we we can still do it. Yeah. Huh. Did, uh, a- did Anakin bring balance to the Force? Uh, you know, I, I kind of... By, ha- by having, like, Luke and Leia, yes. Yes. That's a good point. We should do an all-star you, character. You weren't, you weren't going there. Uh, all-star character. Huh. Jar Jar, right up there. Oh, come on. Get out of here. Jar Jar just getting it turn done. It, turn his mic off. Well, Jar Jar's an unexpected uh, nod for best Star Trek character. We oh. might have some unex- God, turn unexpected. His mic off. We might have some unexpected news tonight at T-Mobile Arena. Laurent Braswago or does somebody else start for the Vegas Golden Knights? VGK pregame show is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Chat with you tomorrow, where I think there's going to be a whole lot of cool information. Jar Jar, bye bye. <laughs>